0: Jesse, you and I have known each other for uh, approximately 80 to 100 years. Yes,
1: the length of a a full person's life.
0: (laughs) Hey, everybody, we are back. That is, of course, the voice of the great Jesse Klein, one of my favorite uh, comedic voices, comedians, comedic actors, actors, voice actors. You may know her uh, from her voice on Big Mouth, which I love. Uh, from my, my my buddy, Nick Kroll. Um, she has written for Inside Amy Schumer and uh, Vanessa Bayer show. I love that for you, which is great. Uh, she was in Sleepwalk with me. She sprayed me with a hose of tomato sauce and put a pizza pillow around my neck, if you remember that scene from Sleepwalk With Me. I've known her for a long long time, which is why we have this great conversation today. We talk about her book. It's called I'll Show Myself Out. She is a two-time New York Times bestselling author. I love her new book. Um, Before we begin, I just want to throw out that I'm going to be in Sag Harbor, New York, uh, with my new show, The Old Man in the Pool, and then the world premiere of the Old Man in the Pool will be at the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles for five weeks, late July through August with the full lights and sound and design. And the design is really, really cool. Uh, I'm going to be in the fall in Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Toronto for four shows. I hear you, Toronto. I've I've heard all the TikTok requests for where I should go. This list is basically a list of where you told me on TikTok I should go. I was almost scientific or mathematical how I decided whether to go to which city. Atlanta, I'm going to. Cincinnati, Columbus, Detroit, uh, Nashville. I forgot to mention that we just added that I'm gonna be at the Ryman. It's so exciting! It's an iconic uh, music and performance venue. Mesa, Arizona, is gorgeous as a gorgeous art center, and Salt Lake City. More to come. Join the mailing list at burbigs.com. This conversation today with Jesse Klein—it's as good as uh, of an episode as 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 we've had in some ways. I mean, I always say that, but but it's just so fun to talk to someone you've known for so long. And you have a shorthand with we talk a lot about craft, we throw we talk a lot about jokes, we throw a lot of new jokes out, and she's got some great slow round answers. Enjoy my conversation with the great Jesse Klein. Ooh. Ooh, it. I think one of the extraordinary things about your career, and I always use you as an example when people are like, I want to go into show business, should I have a day job that supports my aspirations Uh, or should I work in show business as try to be an assistant and an executive and this and that? You did seemingly the undoable, (laughs) which is you were a Comedy Central television executive and you pivoted into being a writer, author, creator.
1: Well, you know, Someone's got to dream the impossible dream. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I choose me. No, uh, it, yeah, it's a. I have a very weird path. I think, like, um, if I was gonna like extract anything, the I think the piece that feels very exotic is that I worked at Comedy Central in development behind the scenes in TV, which felt like very kind of like a big get of a job unto itself. Um, yes, but ultimately. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've talked about—I can't remember when I've talked about this before, but, you know, it really was—I was just someone who, like— um, On the
0: phone with your aunt?
1: <laughs> probably. Multiple aunts. <laughs> um, no, I just, you know, I was uh, a person who couldn't have—I mean, I needed a job. I, I no, had I, to have a job. And I happened into that job. I mean, I happened into it insofar as um, I was always a huge comedy— nerdling and fan and grew up, mm-hmm. like, watching. I was watching, well, it didn't grow up because it, it wasn't on, I'm, I'm, like, once again, I'm very old. But um, in my teens was watching a lot of Ha, which is what Comedy Central was called at the time.
0: Oh, wow. And,
1: like, and a lot of, just any stand-up show on basic cable, that's what I was watching. So they were on VH1, and they were yeah. on Ha, and I got very obsessed that way. And then when I graduated from college, I had no uh, idea You know, this is, I graduated from college in 97. So I had no idea how, uh, you know, this was before like people grow up. Now I feel like the young, the youngs are like, I could just become a comedy writer or become a comedy. The youngs.
0: Well, they can go on social media and become instant creators.
1: Yes. You can become an instant creator. Back
0: then, there was no instant creator job.
1: There was no instant creator job. It just seemed like I, my mom, uh, I was a teacher, and my dad was a probation officer, and you know, I was like, what are you gonna do? Um, anyway, but because I had obsessions with those things, when I graduated, I ended up uh, hustling to get a temp job. There was mm. one temp company that didn't make you take a typing test. Which and one? Force one. Force one. Mine
0: was mine was Lori Group, oh. and it used to be before it was Lori Group, it was Lori Girls. Oh, Lori— well, So it was just for L- women, I think.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I was that's, a Lori girl. That's right. <laughs> I've always thought of you as a Lori girl. <laughs> anyway, first one didn't make you take a typing test, and they also, um, like, had an in at, at all those little Viacom networks, like MTV and Comedy Central, and I said oh. I wanted to— if I, if, I, if I could temp anywhere, I would temp at Comedy Central. This was all a very long way of saying that I basically was just someone who needed a job and then lucked into a pretty cool job that I learned a lot from— and in the course of doing that job, learned a lot about what I wanted to do. But um, yeah, I, I I wasn't there that long before I realized like, no, I really secretly do want to write and perform. And, and I, I just have this job that I got kind of golden handcuffed at for a long time because it was affording me uh, living in New York.
0: I remember talking to you at the time and— I was like, you are one of the funniest people on the planet. Because I've always f- since you were always funny. When we were oh, in our step. 20s and I wasn't funny, you were funny.
1: All right. I'm not gonna do this with you. That, well, that's very nice. No, no. You've always been funny. I mean, I no, but no, 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 no one no. was expecting maybe because your expectations no, 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 no. were so low.
0: You were always a great company. I wasn't a lorry girl. You weren't a lorry girl by by no means. But but uh you were always funny, and I w- I was like, Jesse. I don't even know if you'd remember this. I was like, when are you going to quit your job and just be a comic? Oh, no, I do remember. Oh, you do remember this? I
1: do remember. Well, I have to say, I mean, just in the spirit of, like, uh, just, like, how glad I am to be talking to you right now. This is such a, like, bright spot in my... Oh, yeah. Truly been looking forward to this. But, um, no, you, I absolutely remember that. And you have always been one of the most encouraging, um, supportive like friends and just people to have in an orbit of, yeah, I like those words from you when you were like, you could do this. I was very scared to be doing, I I just, confidence is not my strong suit, Michael.
0: Oh, I read the book.
1: <laughs> no those things I, meant I re- a lot I, re-
0: I read the book called confidence is not my strong not suit my by strong Jesse Klein suits. I'll you show know? myself subtitle I'll show myself out that
1: was a working title for a while <laughs> no the other working title was husk and then they wouldn't let me call it husk and I think they were probably right
0: but I, yeah, but I don't bring it up to toot to my own horn for saying you were funny because you were obviously funny and everyone knew you were so funny but I, I bring it up to say like you're one of the few people who you I remember talking to you and you were like I can't quit my job. You were like I cannot. Like I cannot. because I will be my parents will lose their minds and they'll be really upset.
1: <laughs> it was less the losing of their minds. It's so funny that we do remember these conversations <laughs> with some clarity. I just, you know, I um I think I mean for me, I don't want to um I don't want to like uh woe is me my story in any way like i i i i, I it's not like I grew up in like horrible poverty, but i no. also there didn't feel like there was a net and um and i I felt very deeply like you like who am I to just go try to get some giggle job when my parents have <laughs> sacrificed you know what i mean have sacrificed so much and like i can't ask them for my, i just was very um anxious about it all and I, I i kind of the only reason i want to say that is because i think like um i don't think it can be like overstated how big that is for so many people i think who have creative dreams and want to I do these agree. things that it's like money is a huge stumbling block you know
0: yeah I remember you were you worked your way up as an executive at Comedy Central and I remember that and you were doing stand up you were like nighttime job stand up
1: Nighttime job stand up yeah And
0: then at the same at the same time uh at some point you made a leap into being a writer producer w- w- like what was that pivot and like was that hard to do
1: Uh It was emotionally very hard to do. I was in therapy for years, kind of trying to find a way. I would—I'm a very risk-averse person, and I, um, I—it takes me, like, like, I kind of feel that I need to do something for years before I do it. I'm kind of trying to reduce the amount of time between the feeling and the doing, and I'm still averaging about five years. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, uh— So, yeah, I had to really think it through. And then um, the, like, little lucky thing that I jumped— I knew I kind of had to, like, jump to something and not just, like, a nothing. And so, um, uh, again, this is a brag, but uh, Comedy Central was doing a (laughs) show— starting up a show called The Showbiz Show with David Spade. Oh, yes, yes. And— Doug Herzog, who was the president of the network, who is a just a delightful gentleman who I'm still friendly with to this day. Uh, I remember him talking to me, and I, the showrunner of that show had seen me on Best Week Ever.
0: Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, but that's a huge thing, too. That Most was VH, a, VH1 best week ever in the 2000s. That was,
1: was a, sto- a stepping stone. Well, because there was you, nothing else.
0: You were on it, and Pete Holmes was on it. I think John Mulaney was Mulaney on it. Mulaney
1: was on it. Yeah.
0: Yes. There was like a lot. Sherrod Small was on it. Yes. Like, I'm trying to think of all the people. The comics. Paul Shearer
1: was on Paul it. Oh Shearer. Michael Ian Black. Maybe Donna
0: Fineglass. on yes. Michael Ian Black. Yes. yes. There was like tons of comics. Doing these little snippets, and I desperately wanted to get on that show. They they did not want me. That, there was well, no interested in me.
1: Egg on their face. Yeah. Crows. Shame face. on their homes. <laughs> shame. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, just go chant. Uh, anyway, so he, the uh, anyway, the point of the Doug mention was just that he was very kind. Awesome, just in a world of you know remembering specific conversations that help bump you along, and he was like you if they're asking you to go write on this, he was like, don't, you should get out of in-between land. He was like, go yeah. do the thing. And it was very helpful to me. I'm always grateful to him that he uh, pushed me along to accept. So anyway, that was my first writing job. And I, I sublet my New York apartment and I I went to uh, write on this show and that was my first writing job.
0: There's a line in your book that I love, Jesse, which is um, from a chapter called Your Husband Will Remarry Five Minutes After You Die. Which sure, sure. Do do, Jesse, do we need to read the chapter after we've read that title?
1: <laughs> no. No, you're all set. I mean, you still have to buy the book. <laughs> you, I mean,
0: you have so many great chapter titles. I love this book so much. There's a chapter called In Defense of Drinking.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I'm here to defend drinking. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> so, no one alone, I'm alone on this. No one else so in this country a, is drinking.
0: You have a, you have a, uh, you have a line in this uh, chapter called, your husband will remarry five minutes after you die, which is, as a wife, I can't help but notice that husbands tend to get remarried approximately five minutes after their wife's heart stops. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason that I bring this up mm-hmm. is, um, so I think it's a generalization. I think okay. it's, um, it's Are you trying to necess- give me
1: is this a hashtag not all men moment?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is cool. a men's ri- This is cool, my cool, men's, cool. This is my men's rights cool. uh, meeting that yes. you that you accidentally walked into. <laughs> I've got a Homer no, Simpson gif out. I'm gonna sound like I'm just shilling for my friend Jesse <laughs> because I love this book so much. Like I
1: oh my gosh, love
0: it and laugh out loud again and again and again, and I read uh, passages to my wife, Jenny, who also loves it. Um, husbands tend to get remarried approximately five minutes after their wife's heart stops. Yeah, Made me laugh out loud so hard. I love it. It's, of course, a generalization. What, is, what does it take when you're doing the math of generalizing for a joke... What's the math that makes the generalization worth it?
1: Ooh, a great question. One that could only come from the mind of Mike Berbiglia. <laughs> um, no, it is a good question. Um, no, I, I'm really i i i'm glad you're bringing this up because I feel like you know the book. There's a lot in the book about being a parent and specifically being a mom, but I. Uh, and so I take a few swipes. <laughs> that swipes, <laughs> but I, do, I, make some, I make some comedy generalizations that yes. might have little partial seeds and acorns of truth in them. Although, of course— partial, art- Partial <gasps> seeds and acorns! But all kidding aside, oh, you mean your third? You mean your third
0: book, Partial Seeds and Acorns?
1: (laughs) Oh my God, that's that is like a title David Sedaris would like think about and then toss aside. He could do so much better. Uh, No, I think, but I think the point is, my voice is getting so high. But ah, I do think about it. I I don't um, I don't want I I want men to read the book. I don't want men to feel slammed in the book. Um, I, think, I didn't feel
0: slammed. I didn't feel slammed. Okay, I I I felt seen.
1: Um, I'm glad you felt seen. Well, you are one of Lori's girls again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I do think deeply about it when I write a sentence that includes some kind of generalization. Uh, I think the only ones in this book are maybe about men. But um because I because I do I do think about people reading it and I do think about men reading it and feeling like is this just someone who's just being a hater, and I, I guess I the the comedy equation. I yeah, I'm like, is this funny enough to bear? Right. To bear, kind of brushing up against generalizing, and hopefully the things that are made it into the final book are. And then, I, and then the little acorns, you know, the things that I'm like, well, even if it's not hashtag not all men, some men. <laughs> I do th- I do think um, you know, having become a, a boy mom uh, ugh, isn't that so gross And people are like girl dad boy mom whatever um, but just watching a I have a son and then you know I'm watching just changes your the way you sort of think about um, what boys are like or girls are like and you know I, I just I, I do think men are better at compartmentalizing is all I'm saying I, that was, no, a I, thought, I it, that was a long walk. That was a long walk. That was a long walk.
0: I thought, but I but I agree with you. I I have a similar, I have a similar logic that I go through because so much of comedy is making an observation, and uh and and throwing it out on stage and being like, is this funny or throwing? It in your book <laughs> Yeah. Are and going, you guys just so funny? mad? Are you are you furious? Yeah. But it's but what I found because I you know I wrote. The new one, uh, the new one, Painfully True Stories from a Reluctant Dead with poems Loved by J. Hope Stein. Loved Thanks. it. And, and, and so I don't know if you found this, but I found writing about parenting to be the biggest third rail topic that I had ever written about. I had no idea that it would be the case.
1: Yeah. Um, I. It's funny because I don't think I've used the phrase— third rail as much as I have in talking about this <laughs> book. But it is, it feels, um, it does feel apt. And um, I think, like, part of what the book is about is 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 that I do think for, I, I can't speak to the dad experience, for the mom experience, I think it's it feels very dangerous to say things out loud about...
0: Yes, about parenthood. Parent,
1: parenthood, and I think specifically for mothers to say kind of almost... Anything that brushes up yes. against the notion that you're not loving every second yeah. and every yeah. dimensional aspect of being a parent feels like you are inviting being shamed as a bad <laughs> mother. I'm not it's even a, joking. A, no, I mean, I,
0: no, I'm I, I'm laughing out of catharsis, yeah. not out of the joke of it. It's so true. Like it's yeah. it's, it's it's absurd.
1: Yeah, I think it's so. Um, it's—yeah, If it's really wild that—I mean, even just since the book came out, it's been actually very—on the one hand, both very touching, and in some ways, it does also make me a little sad because the number of women who've written to me or who came up to me at book readings and are like, thank you for writing this. I feel so seen. I feel like you're saying things that I truly feel like I'm <sighs> not allowed to yes. say. And it's so. And so the sad part is just like this is so crazy that our idea of motherhood is so. Um, it's just so inhuman in a way that everyone.
0: No, it's it's amazing that
1: you're not allowed to have like, um, like what I've, I guess I've been calling like an and experience, which is like, I love my child. And I am finding, <laughs> yes. and I am finding this very hard. Or and, <laughs> and sometimes I need a break. Or and, you know, you can't. That's
0: the clip. That's the clip right there. And an <laughs> and, and experience. I'm having this an is and be on experience. TikTok. This oh is, is gonna be a TikTok God. viral. This will viral be my big TikTok
1: time. debut. Keep me no, away no, from there. You're absolutely
0: right. You're absolutely right. Though it's like in in my book, the new one in my show, there's like this dark night of the soul moment where I say. I can't believe my own thought. I get, at this really low moment, I think, I get why dads leave. And I go, I'm not going to do it, but I get it. And a majority of people, like you're saying, they go, I feel seen by that. Because they're like, you're saying this dark thing that you felt and you're not going to do. And, but then like this very small group of people, because eventually, you know, if you put something out in the world, enough people see it, where some people are like, no, I hate you for saying this thing that makes me feel bad or feel like you're a bad dad and want to judge your you being a dad. And what's amazing is, like, I actually think that's the best part of the book and the best part of the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because I, um, yeah, I, I related to that, and I think, like, if the amount of blowback... I think that a woman would get for saying that, like you think yes. about leaving, is
0: you'd get more
1: one yeah. million times more just because. And again, hashtag. I'm gonna have to keep hashtagging. Not all dads, but like clearly, culturally, I don't think you understand how hashtags work. I don't culturally, <laughs> and I'm fine with it. Societally, like a lot of dads leave. You know, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I we guess. all know people like we know. I know so many people whose dads left. Like, yeah. A ton. I mean, I Very could common. probably yeah, yeah. tick them off. I can't think of one person I know whose mom, whose mom left. It's just not. Um, it's it's just like a, It just feels unimaginable. But uh, that is not to say that moms don't also have that feeling. I think it's you would be crazy to not because it's so hard, um, and it's okay have, have- to just admit. I think it takes so much pressure off. I just, I think the sadness I feel is that I think women feel like that's such a deep secret they have to hold, that they have that feeling. And I mean, there's nothing worse in the world than feeling like you have like a dark secret. It's terrible. And if if I think if women were just allowed to say like, this is an absolutely normal thing that we all feel, I, I think it would lift like a tremendous amount of shame and guilt off of people.
0: I I totally agree. Like when I'm reading your book, I'm like, literally, this is the reason for comedy. This book. <laughs> no, for real, for real. I'm like, I'm like, th- people need to read books like this to have a catharsis of like, oh, it's not just me in a parking lot, you know, listening to Lemonade before <laughs> the store opens, uh, for to pick up a like a toy for my son or whatever, feeling like. I don't, I don't know what the exact toy was or whatever. But. It was
1: balloons. I screwed up oh, his birthday, the birthday party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot how balloons work. Among all the hashtags, I don't know how they work. Balloons, I don't know how they work. I'm really quite, yes. quite stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, but but reading that is just like there's so many of those moments in your book. It's just chock full. It's just wall to wall truisms, things that are true to you that you're confessing to the audience, and it's cathartic.
1: Um, well that's so i that's really means a lot i again, I especially from you and having watched watched your show about parenting and feeling like you also like you know were so vulnerable uh saying the things that like you just said in, like people react, <laughs> they don't always like it but but I think way more people are appreciative that like something has been said you know, uh yeah.
0: Well, you were saying in your book, in the drinking chapter. This is the uh, in defense of drinking chapter. Yes, that you had some pushback from when you published in your last book, a, a chapter about when you got an epidural. Yes, what was the pushback like? Like what? Like what was it?
1: It was just a chapter urging women to, uh, you know, if you're think, if you're on the fence, uh, to if you're going to have a, a baby, to get that get that epidural, and um. Which was something I knew that I wanted from the jump. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically told, you know, well, I could go on and on, but the, the short of it to your question was um, that chapter was um, okay, I'm about to say a word that I have so much trouble saying. Excerpted. Okay, excerpted. okay wow. Wow. It was excerpt, excerpted. This is
0: getting very, very <laughs> sophisticated.
1: It was in, the, it was uh, before the book came out, it ran in the New York Times and like Week in Review as like an opinion piece and um it kind of went around and uh it got like way more comments than you know it just a lot of people were weighing in on it and i would say about 65% of the comments were like mainly women just saying thank you for writing this and Aww. this is so nice but then the remainder were there was a lot of the anger yeah. Remember? You, did you notice how I wasn't quite sure what 65—what's like the remainder? 65 out yeah, yeah. of 100? The re- yeah, 35. Sure. The remaining 35 <laughs> percent? Yep, yep. I got so nervous, I just said the remainder. I meant the 35 percent. 35 percent were uh, people kind of yelling at me that I was like a bad mom for getting an epidural. There were a lot of men telling me about what their wives did. <laughs> Um, and how amazing their wives were that they had quote unquote natural births and I was like it's so interesting that you're the one who has the time to get online and yell at me God Uh yeah so people annoying. were mad people got mad just saying that just for, just for me saying I think like getting uh, pain medication that's readily available to help with labor people were mad just at that and saying I was a bad mom because of that like why have a child if you're gonna like if, if you're gonna do that <laughs>
0: How do you possibly compartmentalize that? Me? Yeah, because I mean I I can't. I mean, I I don't know about you. I ca- I literally like when people say stuff like about the new, you know, in the new one I'm basically like I have a really hard time being a dad and sometimes every now and then people are like, "Yeah, you suck at being a dad." I'm like, "Well, easy." You know
1: what I mean? I don't want to fight
0: yeah yeah I' don't,
1: I'm just, I'm, um uh, no, I I'm, think, like, I'm always
0: like I told you
1: well, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I mean, I think, um, what it's not what helps what or what's nice in a world of like like you were saying, like what's comedy for like extracting from that? like, why am I here? What am I doing? like why yeah. am I trying to be an art an artist there? I'll say it. I think we're artists, wow, wow, um. Is, like to this day, I still also have women saying to me, thank you for writing that and I forwarded this to like my you know my sister who's about to have a baby or wow. my daughter who's about to have a baby. and like I, I I hear I still hear from a lot of women, thank you for writing that
0: and that 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 gets you sort of through that, all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, also, it's like, you know, in a world where, you know, we live in hell, I'm like, I can can survive people, (laughs) like, some dumb men nattering at me online. (laughs) It's fine.
0: You're probably most often recognized from putting a pizza pillow around my neck in a movie, right? I am.
1: Oh, my God, yes. I am. (laughs) I get stopped in the street all the time.
0: It's, um, do you have a positive memory? I remember filming that.
1: Um... It was the most fun I've ever had in my life. It was weird.
0: You sprayed me
1: with real tomato sauce. I sprayed you with real tomato sauce using. Speaking of, uh, you know, an amazing crew, prop people. Uh, yeah, I the mean prop master that, was amazing. That was like there was a lot of science and there was STEM, science, technology, engineering, math went into there that. It was
0: STEM t- for sure.
1: Tomato sauce spew spewer. Well, it
0: was a whole mechanism where you were spraying me with like a hose of. Tomato sauce, and then around my neck. For people who haven't seen the movie Sleepwalk with Me, there's a dream sequence where so Jessie, for no
1: one, uh, for <laughs> Jesse, so <laughs> Jessie for nobody, Jesse puts an actual
0: pizza pillow around my neck in the context of a dream because she's another comedian, and my subconscious—that's what happens. And uh, and then we're like almost gonna make out, and then you spray with me with tomato sauce. That's the whole scene. Um,
1: and uh, what a scene! But it's a riot. I know it was. I mean, it was truly. Um, It was just so fun. It's such a crazy it's such a crazy thing that we did that.
0: (laughs) It's very, very strange. I mean, when will
1: our kids watch this movie?
0: Well And when will they get married? (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. What has happened to this interview? Working It Out is brought to you in part by Uni Pizza Ovens, Uni Pizza Ovens. When you make pizza, you're making more than just pizza. You don't have to. <laughs> they've, they've chosen the right spokesperson, by the way. I bet some people read this ad copy and they're like, oh, come on. More than just pizza? And I'm like, oh, it's more than just pizza. Uh, the act of making pizza goes much deeper. It's by d- building connections, celebration, education, everyday joy, family, and making memories. Uh, Uni makes affordable, portable pizza ovens that run on wood, charcoal, or gas. Sturdy, well made. They heat up to 950 degrees, which is the exact temperature you need to make. Great, everybody, pizza! Um, that's when this became an infomercial. This summer, go to uni.com and make pizza. That's o-o-n-i.com. Tell them Mike Birbiglia sent you somehow. I don't know how you do that, but do it. Okay, so this is the thing we do called the slow round. What's your earliest memory when you're a kid?
1: Wow, uh, Yeah, I was thinking about just my earliest memory in general... There's a few images. I feel like um, I remember, like, sitting on my grandmother's lap at one point and, like, nuzzling in my grandmother. And then, like, I always liked to, like, I like touching, like, earlobes. And, like, you know, I was touching, like, the inside of her arm and noticing that, like, her skin was, like, really (laughs) loose because she was the middle person. yeah, sure. And I was like, what's going on here? (laughs) Right. What is this? What are bodies? What are bodies doing? Uh, I remember that being fascinated by my grandmother's old inner arm skin. I remember um gosh, that's like an early one. I remember also I remember a moment where I must have been in my crib and I had a bad dream of some kind and woke up and there was like um some kind of plant casting a shadow on the wall oh and my gosh uh, just being terrified uh, of wow. a plant casting a shadow on the wall and thinking like that's a monster. What can I do? How do I get out? of Like something. I remember. I mean, I just remember being like, I am f- rat fucked by this plant shadow. I'm so, so you've, scared.
0: You've avoided the question by answering with scenes from Pixar films.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's a reason Pixar does so well. <laughs> they really, they really nail what we all have.
0: Uh, what is your, in your family, uh, in your family growing up, what was your role?
1: Woof. Um, well, I... Are these, is this woof to the questions or woof to the answers? I don't know. It might be both. (laughs) I'm a very, uh, classic, uh, I think classic middle child. Like I, uh... I was always trying to be the peacekeeper and make people laugh and uh, have a good time and and yeah. just trying to yeah trying to s- hey everyone <laughs> let's let's all chill yeah. out right keep it light let's keep it hey, light let's keep it light let's La- keep it light has anyone heard uh- let's just
0: let's just do Thanksgiving
1: <laughs> no go that's a woof. <laughs> yeah that was my that was very much I think my my role was to just try to keep it light not make waves let's just get through this.
0: One of the funniest things about being your friend and knowing you so long is <laughs> you're, talking to you in this context of an interview that on the page, you're so confident in your words. And then you're a shit interview. You're a no, mess.
1: No,
0: no, not your shit interview. That I'm like, what's your role in your family? And you're like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> it's like you <laughs> –
1: <laughs> no. Your response is so
0: different from this persona in no, this book. No,
1: the wolf. The wolf was just thinking. So I was. I think I honestly just immediately <laughs> went to, to the to the trauma place of remembering the various uh, fights and static I was breaking up all the time.
0: What's the best piece of advice you've been given in your life that you used?
1: But. <laughs> My- <laughs> Love, this is also very funny because it's like, oh, we're having a banter. Fun, fun, fun. And then you're like, <laughs> Proust questionnaire <laughs> with no ramp. What's the best no piece of no advice ramp. in your life ever that you've used? <laughs> Proust Christ. questionnaire. Christ. <laughs> Is it Proust or no? It's Proust.
0: I think Proust is right. What's
1: yours? If you say yours, maybe I'll remember mine. Do you know yours off the top? I feel like if you say something, I maybe think it'll the best advice
0: I've been given was I had a screenwriting professor in college who goes, "Just make, just make these scripts that you're that you're writing. Just make a short film. Just just make a thing, and then you'll understand what it is." And so I made like for essentially like I made like a no budget. Short film in college. That was a debacle, <laughs> and it was Jesse. I can't tell you.
1: I need to it was see so this. Bad. Get it to no, me. No, no, get it, it to so, me.
0: It was so bad that the editor stole the tapes, the <laughs> mini DV tapes, and never returned them. No, that's how bad it was. So these are stole. out there somewhere. Oh yeah, they're out there on the they're on they're on the black market.
1: Oh man, I would yeah. pay any amount of money under yeah. two hundred dollars to see these. <laughs> Under $200. Yeah, no,
0: that was the best piece of advice, is, uh, is like sort of do instead of sort of like ponder, essentially. Oh,
1: my God. I feel like you just yeah. changed the course of my life with that advice. Because <laughs> 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 that is like I think the thing I struggle with the most. That's such good advice. For real? Oh, I ponder way too much. I feel like, um, yeah, I, I'm in my head about doing something – just, it's, yeah, it's a i I'm not, um, it really affects my, I mean, I think it's also just I accept a little bit that's who I am. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a hand wringer. I'm not super prolific. I've tried to get better at it. I will say, I will say that's one thing I also did learn from working with Amy Schumer for so many years. Because she's so good at just doing something, like, just yeah, making yeah. something. and yeah, she's um, a great
0: creator.
1: She's a great creator and just, like, is v- impulsive in a very good way about just following, like, let's just do something. I mean, I think in some ways that was why, like, we had a good balance of stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, did you have, like, a, an odd personality from your childhood who you knew that you think about a lot still as a grown-up?
1: Uh, yes. I mean, also, I grew up in, like, in the village in the 80s. And so, like, oh. everyone around us was really weird all the time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, it was a real environment to be in. It's a little, uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's a little hard to describe. But it was just such a specific time and place.
0: It was, like, super, super artsy, right? The village in the 80s?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think now people think of it, you know, it's become so, like, mo- mollified. And um, yeah. it wasn't like that at all. And it was a lot of artists. and But also, also like, New York City in the 80s. <laughs> like, it was yeah. a little more of... Drugs, a, s- dr- a lot of drugs. Um, some, yeah, but just a lot of characters. Let's just say there were a lot of characters walking.
0: The around. other night, the other night I was walking by the comedy cellar, and this guy goes, um, "You wanted coke, right?" I swear to God, <laughs> you wanted coke. I go, "No." He goes, <laughs> "He goes." I was thinking of someone else. <laughs> 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 I was you thinking of someone else. That's, that's so, a good way to sell coke. That's, that's so a good way to sell coke.
1: Because I also feel you like You want a coke, right? You do sort of like as a like a gestalt of a person you're like one frame away from a guy from looking like a guy who's doing a lot of coke. Sure. You know sure. there's like a certain Mike Berbiglia type just one edge over who is Walking around the village, getting coke to this day.
0: Wall Street, Mike Birbiglia does coke. Wall Street, like a Wall Show Street. Show business, Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia does not use coke. No. Working it out is brought to you in part by Bombas. Bombas' mission is simple: make the most comfortable clothes ever and then, wait for it, match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone in need. You know, uh, that that's actually how I got involved with Bombas. I heard, I heard an ad on a podcast like this, and it wasn't as good of a podcast, and no, I'm just kidding, uh, but it was a <laughs> podcast like this, and I thought, oh, that's a great idea. Literally, you make a fantastic product, and then you give an equal product to someone in need. I think it's a, a, just a great concept. I couldn't recommend it more highly. I, I All I wear are Bombas socks. Go to bombas.com slash burbigs and get 20% off your first purchase. That's bomba dot com for 20% off. Bombas.com slash Working It Out is brought to you in part by Noom. It, it's an app where I type in what I'm eating, what how much I'm exercising. It gives me a lot of tips. A lot of it has to do with just sort of uh, creating a routine and tracking things in your life and kind of understanding yourself and your habits and being realistic. I mean, I, it's, uh, I, I talk a lot about it on the show, about sort of writing down everything in your life. And, and I think that... Uh, that, that can be true uh, for eating and, and exercise as well. It's a helpful, I mean, you might you might end up getting some jokes out of it, you don't know. Uh, it's, uh, every journey is different. Your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash for bigs, which is noom.com slash b-i-r-b-i-g-s to sign up for your trial today. Some of the thing we do on the show is we work out material. And this is sort of half-baked things, ideas, things I'm working on, things in my notebook. I love it. And we can talk about what it makes you think of. We can talk about what could be better about it, what what could be worse. Here to riff. Here to riff. Here to riff. Um, my dad, in the same sentence, will say, I hate computers, and can you fix my computer? <laughs>
1: You know, my mom, who's very—she's on her computer all day now. She is, like, a real—she's on the internet. Yeah. She—I find this very cute and sweet. She will call—she refers to her computer as computer. (laughs) 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 So she's like, oh— Like Siri, like like computer. Well, if I call her, like, sometimes I'll be like—she's like, can I call you back? I'm just on computer right now. (laughs) Oh. She's on a computer. It's so sweet.
0: Um so my we so my brother and I often have my my dad at the Apple Genius Bar and uh it's hard to explain to your dad that you don't have 70 minutes free in the middle of the day to configure his SMTP server <laughs> and figure out his Apple password. <laughs> and I'm sure Joe and I have this hunch that at Apple Genius support there's a photo of my dad like at at the grocery <laughs> store there's a list of people not to take personal checks from oh my god but it says it says uh, do not help this guy install printer drivers he does not know what a printer
1: driver is in fairness to your dad it's way harder than it should be it is it's way harder than it should be you know when you like you're en- not wrong encounter like, some piece of technology or just something that, like, like when a printer just works, I mean, <laughs> it's like an orgasm. You're like, oh, it just worked? Oh, my it God. It feels... That's, that is <laughs>
0: so dead on.
1: You know what? Because it almost never happens. It's, yes. It is like, it's like a one-night stand, like an amazing oh one-night stand where, like, someone yeah. just knew exactly how to touch me.
0: <laughs> yes, that's it's like me and so that printer perfect. just...
1: Our bodies fit together.
0: That's great. There. I mean, of course, and that if it does if it does become a bit, that's one of a one of the great tactics I think of joke writing is like what are the different points of view? Is like playing the playing the point of yes. making fun of my dad, but then the counterpoint of like, he's right. You know, it never works.
1: You gotta use every part, use every part of the animal. I love that. Nose to tail.
0: <laughs> and then I have this thing about my dad, which is that like my dad's one of these people who maybe shouldn't have a cell phone, like he only uses speakerphone. <laughs> and he sort of shouts into it, like, w- regardless of who's around. It's like a walkie-talkie. He'll be like, I'm at the
1: Olive Garden. Over. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, my dad still doesn't have a cell phone. He oh. Won't. That's, a,
0: that's a refreshing, I think.
1: No, really. It's like you're out on—they're still in New York City. He's, you know, he's, like, going to be 82. I'm like, could you, could you maybe just get a, get a cell phone?
0: That's better than a father with two cell phones.
1: You know, (laughs) I will (laughs) say, do you have two? No, no. My mom (laughs) has, like, five email accounts. Oh, yeah. And I— I I could see that. I just have one. I'm like, I have—or I guess I have two, but really—like, I don't care— but she's yeah. like – she's so – she's like on a, on like a primal defensive stance about like yes. what could come into that inbox. She's just like, no, that's for this. I'm like – it feels a little – it is a little drug dealer-ish. I'm like, what Tell are you dodging?
0: That's very funny. Yeah, no, the, the, we all – maybe we all like have an email account that we're going to discover someday. And it's like those were the real emails. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where, yeah.
0: Oh my God, oh my all God. along it was Mike Berbiglia at Gmail. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, like uh, an e- it's like an email
0: from Steven Spielberg, like, I love your work.
1: <laughs> I mean, I will say, I, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, being a parent and getting to be like a middle aged, uh, not getting to be, I'm a fully middle aged person, but, um, I am real I am like genuinely so bad at technology. Like I just feel myself. There are the things where I'm like, this is where it begins. Like I don't know how to yeah. do this or that. And I, I'm so like embarrassed and I'm also kind of accepting of like let the long slide begin. Some, yeah. uh, some younger person will help me with it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. Tell me if this is a joke. I wrote this in my notebook. Okay, I'll tell you. I've never woken up and thought today's going to be fantastic. I consistently wake up and think I should make a list. <laughs> you <laughs> know, wait,
1: are there if, more? Oh, sorry, I was already right, laughing. Well,
0: th- that's like the joke part. And then the rest is like me being like the rest of my thought process, which is like, because otherwise I'm going to forget to do anything at all. <laughs> Maybe I should stay in bed. This is all very I scary. Mean,
1: that feels like, it feels great as the beginning of a book or a show to just be like I never wake up and think this is going to be fantastic this is dark 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 but I remember a Mark Maron this was like seeing Mark Maron at like Luna Lounge in 1924 (laughs) (laughs) I um, recall some back in the 20s at Luna Lounge I just remember him seeing like him talking about how anxious he feels and like how everything is feels so unbearable and He's so miserable, and then at one point he's like, and then he's like, and then I'll just remember, oh, I I just get calm, and I think, oh, I could always kill myself.
0: (laughs) Oh yes. (laughs) And I was, I remember that. I remember that joke. And
1: I was like, it was. I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you well, but I mean, you know the way Mark can do what Mark does. It was no
0: Mark. It was like a very.
1: It encapsulated Mark's Markness.
0: I was lucky enough to see Mark at Luna Lounge in the '90s. Because uh, my sister Gina introduced me to all that kind of alt comedy scene. And Gina, he was he was really on fire. He was, I mean, he in, was in, in, in those kinds of rooms, like the seventy people packed in a room in the East Village. Holy cow!
1: That was like what I spent. I mean, so I started working at Comedy Central as a as an assistant uh, in 1998, and so I would just go, I would just go be at Luna Lounge all the time and see, like you know. Just see Mark and Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Zach
0: Alphanakis used to drop in. Um, Ross
1: Broccoli. Do you remember Ross Broccoli?
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Reverend Jen. Reverend. That was the first time
1: I ever did stand-up was uh, at Reverend Jen's uh, open mic that you paid $2 to participate in.
0: I think it's possible you and I were on a Luna Lounge lineup together.
1: I think it's entirely
0: possible. I I, I recall something like that. Wait, I want to hear more of
1: what you're working out.
0: All right, so so then this uh, this is a half an idea. The other night, I had sex in my dream. Count it. <laughs> I um, count it. Is that a punchline?
1: Oh, count it. Yes, it absolutely is. The, it counts.
0: The uh, uh, count it, and uh, and uh, I had sex with someone. In my dream, and a few hours later I woke up and I ran into the person at a coffee shop on my corner, and I thought I just had sex with you in my dream. <laughs> and what I said was, nice to see you. And now I'm suspicious of anyone who says nice to see you.
1: <laughs> you know, all right, I love all of that. Also, <laughs> I I had a dream I can't remember in the last few years, <laughs> I had a dream where I I was I, I truly, I would say, if I can, I cannot remember who the object of of the dream was, but yes. some some real some man, yes. and I was uh anyway, I was masturbating in the dream, and oh. then I like because I was so attracted to the guy that I woke up and I was like, you loser. You won't even like let yourself just like have sex with the person in your own dream. You're still like jerking off in your dream. I honestly, I was like, that is that is pathetic, pathetic. Oh, I love that, pathetic. <laughs>
0: um, no, I had one where I was I, I had sex in a dream, or I was about to have sex in a dream. And I said to the person, I think this isn't going to work out. Because even in my fantasies, I know my limitations.
1: <laughs> I. This is a true story. I uh, I once had a dream. So my husband's from Boston. He's like a huge Patriots fan. Whatever. Um, it's like a huge Tom Brady fan. Anyway, I, I had a dream. I truly had a dream that my husband was having sex with Giselle.
0: Oh, um,
1: and then woke, like, and it was so vivid. Tom
0: Brady's wife. Tom a Brady's wife. Tom maybe? Brady's wife.
1: Tom Brady's current wife. Okay, woke up and had that. You know, it's like when things are so vivid, and I was like mad, and <laughs> and um, and I told my I told my husband about it as like, I had a dream. We're having sex with Giselle. I'm really mad at you, and he goes, "I would never do that to Tom Brady." Oh,
0: that's too good. <laughs> Fine oh. to ruin my life. Would not do it to
1: Tom. Whatever, Tom.
0: Um, Tell me if this is anything. Okay. I was in an airport bathroom and there was a man at the urinal with one hand holding his phone and the other hand uh, holding his penis. And he was on speakerphone. And the accuracy of his penis was uh, very low. (laughs) He was not hitting the urinal all that much. And he shouted into the phone... I'm at baggage claim. And I thought this man needs to be more honest with himself about his life.
1: (gasps) This is not a true story. True story. Absolutely true story. That's straight to the
0: notebook. I don't know about you, Jesse, but like I just write it all down. You got to write it all down. That's all they, I mean, a lot of these things, like I don't have a joke really. It's just sort of a half thought, and then maybe it becomes something later.
1: Well, I, I still haven't remembered the life changing advice I've received, even though I feel like I've gotten so much good advice over the years. But one piece of advice uh, that I do give to when asked, which is almost never. <laughs> But um, to aspiring comedians, writers, what have you, is that uh, you must not just write everything down, but you must write it down as quickly as possible because you will will forget. You will forget. Even the thing where you're like, there's no way I'm going to forget this. I know I want to write about this. I know I want to make a joke about this. It's so funny to me. It's such a crazy thing. I will absolutely you remember. Down. You will write still forget. Right. <laughs> you will still forget. You will still forget. It down. You forget. It down. You've got to write it right. down.
0: Turn me into a muppet. <laughs> write it. Down. I feel like this is Write us. it down. Write it down. Write it down. This
1: feels like the dynamic of being at a baseball stadium where like half the stadium's trying to start <laughs> start the wave <laughs> and the other half like won't accept the wave.
0: Okay, I'm going to end on this cuz I think this is right up your alley okay. in terms of just subject matter especially Love. with your book. I'll show myself out, which is brilliant. Uh I feel so lucky to have found my wife Jenny and we both feel like we married up, which I feel like is the great illusion that keeps marriages together. And and recently we were we were at dinner with a couple and they said we both married down and i thought you shouldn't be married
1: wow that's the second woof
0: i know it's a woof right
1: i mean knowing both you and jenny i will say uh one of you did marry up and it was you <laughs> it was you
0: that's 100% true
1: um she's a full a queen uh no queen. you're both amazing yeah. but she's you know she's a queen and you married up um, she's unbelievable yeah she's no, unbelievable she's,
0: uh, I always say about Jen and I I've, I've never been able to formulate this into a jo- or a joke or even a piece of poetry that that um when I see a film or a play or read a book there's no one's opinion on earth I want to hear more than than my wife Jenny.
1: She's so brilliant. I will you help me remember so when I saw your show you read some of her poetry in yes. the show and she has there are like maybe four lines of poetry in my life that like <laughs> like I mean I love poetry, but that penetrate into my brain and like hit my like explode in my soul, you know? And she had that line about um everything else is outer space. What's the first part of the line? Yeah.
0: A newborn rests her head on the earth of mother and father. Everything else is outer space.
1: Decimatingly good.
0: That's a J. Hope Steiner rating. So
1: beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Jenny, for rating it.
0: Mar- Married up. The final thing that we do in the show is called Working It Out for a Cause. And we donate or I donate to an organization that you think is doing a good job. We link to them in the show notes. We encourage people to donate to them as well.
1: Um... Well, I love to donate um to any uh pro gun safety cause. Um there's obviously Moms Demand Action is a great one. Um Yes, Moms Demand Moms Action. Moms Demand Action or Everytown.
0: Okay. Yes. We will we will contribute to both. Love uh, that. we have we have in the past Bill Hader uh he he suggested Everytown last year. He's been giving to them for a long time. Um and uh yeah, we'll give to those both cuz Clearly, they're they're doing uh, great work in a time that is completely, completely uh, horrifying. Um, Jesse, I love your book. Thank you. It's so beautiful. You, you, you're just doing God's work with this comedy writing.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, thanks for encouraging me uh, in 1928. Cutting this out.
0: No, I'm being being silenced.
1: I'm being silenced. As a woman, oh, I'm being okay, silenced. We ha- okay, we have to get
0: it in. <laughs> no. Peter, I, we're keeping it, it in. It means a
1: lot when your peers encourage you, and I thank you, and thank you for having me on your podcast. This is awesome. Cutting it out. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh my God. Sorry, we're uh, cutting it out. <laughs> um, that is uh, that is a perfect sketch unto itself. <laughs> Just a man being like cutting it. No, every time you try to speak, <laughs> now it's going to be cut. Working it out because it's not done. We're working it out, cause
0: there's no... That's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out. Jessie Klein, uh, again, I, I couldn't recommend more highly her book, which is called I'll Show Myself Out. Get it at your local bookstore. Support your local bookstores out there. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salamone and Joseph Berbiglia consulting producer Seth Barish. Sound mix by Ben Cruz, supervising engineer, Kate Balinski. Sound and video recording by Gary Simons, Josiah Kosher, and David Erzua. Associate producer, Mabel Lewis. Thanks to my consigliere, Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. As always, a very special thanks to my wife, the poet Jay hope Stein. Her book, uh, Little Astronaut, actually, is coming out in September. You can follow her on Instagram at J. Hope Stein. Our book, the new one, is also at your local bookstore. Support local bookstores. Of course, a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created the original Radio Fort and taught me about so many things, but, but sound. Sound as well. Thanks most of all to all of you who are listening. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. I mean, if you, I mean, look, we, we don't have a lot of enemies in, in this life if we're lucky, but l- let's, say you, let's say you find yourself Uh, at the the grocery store and you spot some blueberry muffins and you reach for them and then someone else touches those blueberry muffins at the exact same time. And they're gorgeous, they're gorgeous muffins. And you make eye contact. And what what I'm urging you to do is is to do the right thing and slowly pull your hand away and then make eye contact and say, I wanna tell you about a comedy podcast where comedians share their process and they work out new jokes. We're working it out, everybody. We'll see you next time.